Thank you for joining Katie Feeney's Sing My Soul podcast, a daily pause to connect to your soul and hear the song that's within you. Today will be a bit different. Years ago, I wrote a book of stories from my life called Three Fingers Cove. I'd like to tell you these stories as a way of publishing them and continuing them. For supporters of my podcast on Patreon, I'll be creating and sending an ebook or even a hard copy book of the stories. When I was three years old, my family moved from Long Island, New York to Lake Mohawk, New Jersey. I have just a few memories of life before Lake Mohawk, and actually, One early memory is when my mother took the picture of me with our dog, Cha-Cha, and her puppies, the picture that I'm using for the cover of the podcast. After we moved to the lake, though, memories are plentiful. We packed into the car and drove two long hours, all seven of us plus two dogs. The last part of the trip was five miles of winding roads around a golf course on one side and the lake on the other. There were quaint houses with large, tree-filled yards that lined the road. That day's journey ended at our house on Three Fingers Cove, but the adventure was just beginning. When we arrived, we piled out of the car and started exploring. As usual, I followed my big brother and sister, FX and Deidre, We climbed down the rocky hill to the lake, and we took our shoes off and headed for the water. There was a tree jutting out from the shore, and FX couldn't resist walking to the end of it, with Deidre right behind him. I was screwing up my courage to follow when a big, hairy spider climbed out of a hole in the log. Startled, FX lost his balance as he tried to squirm away from it and fell into the mucky water. Deidre lost her balance too, but managed to stay upright with just one leg all the way up, stuck in the muck. FX swam to shore, emerging from the water like the creature from the deep, covered with black muck. I'll never forget my mother's face when she saw us come around the corner of the house. She shrieked and moaned, the first mucky mess at the lake. I knew, though, that this was going to be a great place to live, because even the shrieks and moans couldn't dim the fun of watching my brother come out of the muck like the creature from the deep. We no sooner settled in when we received a special welcome committee. I looked out our back porch to the lake and saw them, the Swan family. We all grabbed whatever stale bread we could find and went running down to the water. They were so beautiful. They looked right at us, almost as if they were expecting our oohs and ahs. We didn't disappoint them. As we threw our bread, they gobbled it up, and they even gobbled gracefully. We christened them Mama Swan, Papa Swan, and Baby Swans. 
We later found out when we studied swans that the babies are called signets. When the bread was all gone, we stood and watched them. Then all of a sudden, Papa Swan started out of the water and started walking up the boat landing. We weren't sure what he was going to do, and we were a bit frightened. Mom stood in front of him, and he towered over her because standing on land, swans are about six feet tall, and she put her hands up and told him, No. He stopped, looked at her, and just turned and walked back into the water. Phew. They never tried to walk on land again. Even in later years, when we wanted them to come up to the land, they wouldn't. I believe swans have long memories. It was great having them around. I think they liked having us around, too. I remember one day I saw them swimming in the distance, out in the main part of the lake, about a half a mile away. I asked my mom if we had any bread for them, and we did. So I opened the sliding glass door and yelled, Here, swans! They immediately turned toward my voice, and a few minutes later, they were feasting on the bread I brought for them. As we grew more comfortable with each other, they even took the bread out of our hands. What a thrill. But they never seemed like pets. They still maintained a certain independence or wildness, unpredictability. When I fed them or just sat and watched them, I touched a part of nature that was gift pure gift. The swans came back to the lake every year on the same day, March 20th. We didn't realize that at first, but then we studied and read about our friends and discovered a few things about them. First, we found out they keep to a yearly schedule. Swans are also monogamous. They mate for life. And they spend the winter in a warmer place that they migrate to the same time each year, like our lake. Some years we really worried because the lake was still frozen and the swans came anyway. The challenge for them was that swans have no saliva glands and they need the water to wash down whatever they are eating. We tried to get the swans to come up on the land so that we could put them in our pool or pond. But remember, after that first day, they never never came up on land. Mom put grain in a big tub of water so they could eat. The swans would fly to our shoreline and wait until Mom brought the tub down. I can still see her a picture in my mind, my mother feeding Mama and Papa Swan from the tub of grain and water, a great example for me of taking care of nature and those in need. Every year, there was one Signet who seemed to develop faster than the others. 
Its feathers began to turn white, and its neck took on the graceful shape of its parents, while the others still had their downy brown feathers and short, stumpy necks. We would nickname him Growing Boy each year. Papa Swan would start picking on Growing Boy. He would keep him from getting the bread we were throwing. He would nip at him. As his wings developed, Papa Swan would chase Growing Boy down the lake. But Mama Swan would fly ahead and bring him back. Growing Boy became the leader of the pack each year. And when the other Sinyets grew and started to follow him when Papa chased him, we knew the summer was coming to a close. Soon, Mama Swan would let them all fly away when they were ready so they could find their own lake and have their own swan families. And Mama and and Papa Swan could return the next year on March 20th and begin the cycle all over again. I knew something was wrong from the tone in my mother's voice as she spoke to her friend on the phone. When she hung up, she was very upset. A family on the lake had arranged for a game warden to come and take Papa Swan off the lake, bring him somewhere else, and clip his wings. They wouldn't take Mama Swan because she was already nesting. Who was going to chase this year's growing boy down the lake and into his own life? Would Mama and Papa Swan find each other again at their winter home when his wings grew back? It was so upsetting, and there was nothing we could do about it. It had already been done, without word to the rest of the families on the lake who loved the Swan family. The boys in this family had started teasing Papa Swan from their boat, and the teasing grew to cruelty, beating, and even whipping Papa Swan as he defended himself and his family. Swans have hard knobs in their wings that can break a bone, and it seems swans have very long memories, and Papa Swan could recognize their boat, and he would chase it out of Three Fingers Cove. That year, Mama Swan raised her family by herself. We worried over the winter what would happen to them. But on March 20th, the next year, Mama and Papa Swan returned to the lake. But the game warden took him away again. For two years in a row, Mama and Papa Swan met at their winter place and came back to the lake. But after the second summer without Papa Swan, something terrible happened on March 20th. Mama Swan came back without Papa Swan. We were heartbroken. We thought Papa Swan had been killed. But a few weeks later, Papa Swan came back with a new mate. And he started treating Mama Swan like he used to treat Growing Boy. He would chase her and nip her and be mean to her whenever she got too near to him and his new family. It was so sad. I remember feeding Mama Swan one day, and Papa Swan came around the bend in the lake. When she saw him, she took off, 
and he also took off chasing her until she was a good distance away, and then came back to be fed with his family. It is so ironic that once this happened, the family didn't take Papa Swan off the lake anymore. We went through about three summers with our hearts breaking while we watched the painful result of getting in the way of nature. On the 3rd, March 20th, Mama Swan returned with a new mate. There are now two Swan families on the lake. Nature, like its creator, is very forgiving. Thank you for joining me in this third podcast episode. Check out my website at katiefeeney.com for links to my online albums at SoundCloud and my meditation and rosary apps in the Apple App Store. I also have a Patreon page, a way you can help support the podcast. God bless you and your families.